You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Andrea. With me, as is often but not always the case, is Kitsy. Yeah, I'm still here. You're I have still not, here. I have not disappeared yet. On a real hot streak. I know. Um, you know, Kitsy, we have this list of guests that we've been wanting to have on the podcast since day one. Mm-hmm. And then every time we ask them on, we're like, what took us so long? Yeah. I feel like our guest today might be the number one on that list. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Like... Um, so I'm going to introduce our guest very quickly, and then we're going to jump right into it. John Batiste is a hometown hero from right here in Philly. He's a host of radio shows, What's the Frequency, and WXPN Local, um, both of which are on the greatest public radio station of all time. That's accurate, That's yeah. I don't think that's even up for debate, WXPN. <laughs> no, ask anyone. They'll, they'll tell you. Um, he's also behind XPN's Key Studio Sessions, um, which uh, has featured a ton of incredible Philly artists, including lots of members of the extended Left of the Dial family, like the Tisburys and the Lunar Year. Um, John's just a true supporter of the Philly music scene. He's been so, so kind to Left of the Dial since day one. He's here with us today to talk about a bunch of artists he's excited about in 2023, and we can't wait to talk about all of them with John. Welcome to the podcast, John Batiste. Hello. Oh my God. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Kitsy. This is amazing. Uh, I, seriously, what you do at Left of the Dial with your session seriously inspires what I do with my sessions in a lot of ways. Like It's like when I started seeing them out there, I was like, oh my God, I need to like level up what I'm doing. <laughs> this is amazing that more people are, are bringing bands in and putting them on, on, on YouTube and on the internet and doing these awesome studio sessions. And it's been it's been awesome so thank you (laughs) thank you i feel like we feel the same way about you and your sessions so yeah i mean i mean honestly like things like the the key studio sessions and like audio tree and kexp were like what gave us the inspiration to start doing our thing so like i don't we would not be doing our thing if you weren't doing your thing so absolutely uh that's really cool to hear that back from you that you like are into our (laughs) thing too it's that's super cool it's awesome it's a beautiful like uh uh what's the word uh Really, uh, not symbiotic. No, symbiotic. That, that I don't was know. the word I was gonna say too, and I'm not. But does that, yeah, does that have like a negative connotation? I don't, I, know. I don't know. There's like the the bird that eats the mites off the hippo's back, and the hippo doesn't do anything for the bird, and I think that's the bad one. I think we're two birds so, sharing a so hippo's wait, are back. The, are we the hippo? No, I think no. we're both the birds. Oh, I think okay. Philly's the hippo. Philly's the hippo. Yeah, for sure. So what we're you're saying is Philly does nothing for us. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap! And we do. Yeah, you're welcome, Philadelphia. And we, and we, no. and we clean it up. No, That's what you're saying. This is I why think. I stopped teaching and, and moved into podcasts. Um, let's just, we're just going to pretend like that. Let's just cruise right on past that yeah. um, But, I mean, really, I could spend an hour just uh, heaping praise upon you. I won't. But you guys, oh, I thank mean, you. you and XPN have really been so generous and supportive of Left of the Dial since day one. And I just uh, didn't. We really appreciate that. Yeah, big time. So thank oh, you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> oh, everybody's awesome. I'm I'm having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode should be this way. We, we should just skip the song and just <laughs> spend the next hour complimenting each other back and forth and just like having this really nice yeah. like, you know, affirmation session. Exactly. I would be into that. Yeah. Um I will say we should jump into it. I don't have a ton of just like regular old questions for you. I do have a couple though that I just I feel like it's my journalistic duty to ask. There's there's no way our listeners are unfamiliar with you, I don't think. But for like the three people who are listening in, I don't know, maybe Alaska, um, I'm going to start with a pretty obvious question. Um, so like I said, you're from right here in Philly. Uh, can you talk a little bit about kind of your involvement in the Philly local scene before you came to XPN and what kind of brought you to the station, that whole thing? Uh, so prior to coming to XPN, uh, and I've been in XPN for way long so i've been <laughs> last year last year was my 10 year xp anniversary um but i was a part-time person a year prior to working here starting working here full-time in 2012 
And then I was a volunteer since 2006. So I've been here at XPN in some capacity for a while. Um, prior to that, I wrote for the City Paper, which is one of Philly's alt newsweeklies. And uh, I did a lot, of, uh, a lot of music journalism, but also just general arts and culture stuff. And prior to that, I, um, and I guess kind of overlapping with that, I went to Temple and I was like really involved in uh, the newspaper at Temple. So kind of going to Temple in the late 90s and getting enmeshed in the music scene there and then just seeing, oh my God, there's all these amazing musicians in Philly and they're just like right here and you can go up to them after shows and talk to them and and find out more about what they're doing and once you meet one musician you meet like five more <laughs> awesome musicians like like that just kind of like set me on a path and and I've loved being on it that's that's so beautiful that that leads so beautifully into my next question I think this is a question that we all can probably answer pretty easily if you live here but for our listeners who aren't again who are in Alaska or wherever they're listening from um, what is it do you think would you say about Philly that makes our scene so uniquely special I, I get asked this often and I don't always know how to crystallize it because it's it just it just is you know and and I think I think the big thing maybe um, and this is something going back years um, I did a story when I wrote for City Paper where I talked to different radio people, kind of like we're talking today. Uh, I talked to uh, Dan Fine, who at the time was at Y100. I talked to folks from PRB. I talked to Helen from here. It was actually the first time I, I talked to Helen Light, and it was great. Um, uh, but one of the things that came up there, and I, I, I think this does hold true and still holds true today, is that unlike, say, you know, a, like, Seattle in the 90s, where it broke out on this huge national level on largely one sound, mm. we've kind of have a lot of different awesome things going on. Like we have Philly Soul in the 70s. We have an amazing hip hop scene. We have an amazing like psychedelic scene from the 60s, as well as like a psychedelic indie rock scene in the 90s and 2000s. Like there's all these pockets of, of, of music that overlap in some ways, but also stand on their own. And don't you don't have that big like, oh, this is what Philly sounds like. Like, and that's that is Philly. It's like no, Philly's like so many things, and like maybe we don't have those big like multi-platinum stadium artists like in the '90s, like a Nirvana or whatever. But that's totally cool because we have like dozens to hundreds of like you know bands further down the tier that are just killing it. You know, um, so I think that's what makes Philly unique to me. Um, that was the question, right? Yeah. The unique, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's what that's what makes Philly unique to me is that um, we have so many people who are just like crushing it in so many different ways and so many different styles of music. Um, in the behind the scenes component, like yourselves in the production world and all the like, if you want to start talking about studios, that's mm -hmm. a whole other conversation, you know. <laughs> so it's like um, there's just a lot of people who do a lot of really amazing work and maybe don't get that superstar status, but that's okay. As you were saying that, I'm thinking about it in terms of just other cities in general, even if you're not not just from a music standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. But Philly is really hard to pin down in a way that, you know, and every city has their own specific, unique thing and culturally and all of that. But, like, I think Philly in general is really special because it is so hard to pin down. And, and there are so many people, like you said, doing so many cool things, again, outside of music, but to see it then reflected in our music scene that it makes a lot of sense so that's very cool. yeah and i think it, it as we're having this conversation this week uh our uh xpn's npr show world cafe is doing a series on the city of chicago and i feel like uh chicago is is pretty similar in that same respect where there's like 
a lot of different things going on. So they're talking to people from Wilco as much cool. as they're talking to uh, Micaiah McRaven, who's a, 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 a kind of an improvised like he. He he doesn't love the jazz label, but he gets labeled jazz a lot, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. One so it's like, right? Um, but so uh, Chicago has similar like uh, breadth of 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 style and and ability. But um, I feel like Chicago, because it's a bigger city, does have like those breakout peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I feel like every but every city does have that like you know oh there's the there's the this scene there's the that scene. But in Philly, it's just like all of it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so too. Yeah, I think um, I I definitely like that comparison between Chicago and Philly, and I I feel like I'm qualified to speak on that. Um, I've been been to Chicago once. I well, I don't know if either of you knew this, uh, but I used to live in Chicago. Actually, I did not know that, kids. I did. I lived in Chicago for for a little while. I lived there twice. Actually, I moved away and then realized that was a mistake and moved back. Um, And uh, I I loved it there. One for the music scene. I mean, I moved out there because it was like one of those things where at the time of my life I was like all my favorite bands are from Chicago. And I remember visiting the city and falling in love with it and being like, this is where I should be for, for music. And, um, and that's kind of a similar, uh, reason I moved, moved to Philly. I, I grew up in, in central Pennsylvania. So I'm, this is kind of coming home for me, but like I was out in San Francisco working a tech job and kind of becoming disillusioned with that and wanted to get more back into music again. And, and again, it was like all my favorite bands right now are from Philly. That's where I need to be. And so, uh, I feel like both of those cities, like they have that draw of like this really cool music scene. Um, you know, like you said, Chicago's definitely a little bigger, and they definitely have more of those like bigger, like you know, A tier bands. If you if you want to hate ranking stuff, but like you know, the, the bigger breakout artists. But like they also still do have that very thriving, very like community based local scene with just tons of great smaller venues and smaller bands and everyone knows everyone. And like, like you said, you, you meet one musician after a show and it leads to meeting six more and like Chicago and Philly feel very similar, uh, like that to me. So I think it's a really good comparison. Hmm. And I, I also, I also like Glasgow too, but that's just, <laughs> I, I think, I think Glasgow is a really rad city. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the music scene, yeah. but when, when I've traveled, I've, I'm like, I love going to Glasgow cause it feels like Philly. <laughs> I've, I've been there once and I loved it, uh, but I did not spend enough time there, but I can definitely see that comparison and I would definitely love to go back. Hmm. Oh man! That's all I, I want to travel again. <laughs> yeah, you remember traveling? That was cool. I missed that. It was so cool. <laughs> I miss it. I miss it. I traveled all the way to Pittsburgh last week, so I'm really Woo. got the jet set life back. It's been good. I was just nice. on tour. I don't know why I'm talking like I haven't been places. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so I think probably now is a good time to start speaking of Philly bands that we love. Jumping oh, yeah. into some of the songs you brought with us. No. Nope. Some of the songs that you brought with you today. Uh, who do you want to listen to first? Cool. Yeah. So I, I made this list of about, you know, 10 artists, 10 songs that I'm pretty excited about the artists. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in 2023. Um, some of them are pretty decently known artists in the Philly scene. Some of them are uh, very new to me and pretty new to the scene as well. Uh, some of your listeners may know a lot of these. Some of them may know none of them. And But they're all good songs is the kind of unifying uh, <laughs> unifying theme here. Uh, and I'm going to start off uh, with Gladdy. Um, they put out their, I believe it's their second full-length record uh, in late last year, uh, late November, um, the record's called Don't Know What You're In Until You're Out. I had to bring up the Bandcamp page to make sure. <laughs> Andrew's I got get it up too yep. for the same reason, I presume. Yep. It is a long album title. Uh, however, it is a very wonderful album. It's really, um, 
I, I really I really feel like uh, I mean Augusta Koch, the songwriter, is uh, always been one of my faves in the Philly scene, going back to her time in Cayetana. Same. But this record uh, really stepped it up. I think uh, it sounds like like really big and like robust in a way but it's still like raw and punk Mm -hmm. and um the song that i picked out was called hit the ground running and specifically my memory of this song um is i saw gladdy in i forget if it was like late november early december of 2022 uh playing armor music hall opening up for laura jane grace and um it was a great show such a good show from both artists but um with gladdy um it was my first time hearing this album live so i was really excited about that but this song in particular um uh for um either andrea kitsy you've you've been to ardmore i think yeah yeah, okay so you know that they have a pretty badass light show (laughs) situation or the potential for such uh uh listeners who have not been to armor music hall they have a very badass light show situation (laughs) for a for the a venue their size Mm -hmm. they're a pretty small venue um so during um gladys set they start playing around with all these different light settings and um they uh for hit the ground running when they played the song we're about to listen to they put like a disco ball kind of effect going, but it was like a disco ball that somebody had switched from like, you know, if it was at 33 and a third RPM, they switched it to like a 78. So it was like, (laughs) like, and it was like, it was disorienting. It was so strange because there's this, it was the lights were low. It was like these orbs of light just spinning around the room and the band playing and they they were playing a, a more rocked up version of the song than we're hearing on the album. But still, it was just like, it was, it was very just, whoa, like we, we're feeling a little bit wobbly, but in a good way. And I was texting with Augusta after the show and she was like, man, I really thought I was going to lose it during that song, but I held it together. I'm like, damn straight you did. It was yeah. awesome.
This album is, I mean, it's incredible. The first, I was a little later to it than I should have been. And um, the first time I heard anything off of it was actually, Kitsy and I did an episode, just the two of us kind of rounding up stuff from last year. And I think you mm. picked um, uh, Born Yesterday. Yeah. And I, mm. we came back from introing the song and I was weeping. <laughs> like, there's just mm. something in every... Every song on this album has a line or two that hits me and I just get like it's just dead in my tracks. I think Augusta's a master of that. Mm -hmm. uh, like her, her lyrics are not like overly dense. They're like yeah. very economical and they hit so hard. That's yeah. Economical is the perfect word, I think, for for her lyrics. That's exactly right. It's, they're doing like a lot of work. Um for for what they're doing it's really impressive she's she's always had a way of doing that uh for me i mean i've been a fan uh of her since you know the early days of kaitana as well and not even just as as a as a songwriter but she has a way just in, in like talking to you as a person of of using very few words and having a huge impact on you um i've told the story in the podcast before but i've never told you john so i'm going to tell you now <laughs> uh, okay anyone who's heard this story before in the podcast is probably going to groan but um, when I was living in San Francisco and I was, you know, thinking about moving back east, moving to Philly, um, I just started getting back into making music again. I was living with a, a friend of mine who I used to be in a band with. And so that kind of re-sparked my musical, you know, creativity and my love. And it was like, oh, this is what's been missing for my life. This is why I've been so depressed for the past five years because I haven't been doing this. And I remember I, um, I was on like eBay or Reverb or something and I bought a guitar amp that I could not afford, um, as is, you know, as musicians are wont to do. And I saw Augusta, who I did not know personally at that at this point. Like I, I had been following her and her band for a little bit, uh, but like we, she didn't know who I was. We'd never spoken to each other. And uh, she posted some of the effect of like, you know, she posted on Twitter like she just bought an amp she couldn't afford. And I was like, hey, I just did the same thing. And <laughs> and her response was like, we're doing the right thing here. And I responded to her and said. Um, something effective like, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're like actually using this for real music stuff. I'm just some, you know, idiot in a bedroom who's not really doing anything. Um, I, I think what I said was you're a real musician or something like that. And her response to me was, your music is just as real as mine. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was like a moment for me. I was like, damn, she's right. But damn, like it just <laughs> hit me so hard. I'm never going to forget that. Um, but like, you know, I don't even know if she remembers that at all, but it was just like, for me, that was just like this moment of like, wow, this is like a really profound person. And I don't know. I just, I love that story. She's the best. I know. <laughs> I know. How have we not had her on the podcast yet? Again, another one on the list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one little shout out for this song. Um, and I think they're on a couple of others, but Mike Park and um, uh, Brian Lockham doing horns on this song. Hmm. Uh, oh, I did not cool. know that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I just I didn't want to pass by this song without I feel like Mike Park is on our bingo card for for uh, Left of the Dial episodes. Yeah. And so I want to make sure to shout that out. Love that guy. Nice. Yeah. Gladi rules. Nice. We could talk about Gladi all day, but we've got. But we can't. A really killer list of songs. So let's move on to another one. What do you want to talk about next, Sean? Next song I picked was from a band that I actually just discovered. I don't know a ton about them. Um I was literally taking the bus to work in the morning and my friend uh, Amanda Silverling tweeted at me like, hey, at John Fatisse, here's a band for you to listen to. <laughs> and and she was like, you know, I'm sure you don't get people blowing up your mentions all the time asking you to listen to their friends' bands. And I was like, you know, honestly, 
I get that way more over email. It doesn't happen as much <laughs> during Twitter, or on, it doesn't happen as much on Twitter. So I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. And I put it on. They're called Honey Thunder. It's a great name. Um, yeah. I don't know too much about them, but according to the ba- their band camp, they are a three-piece, which, uh, it, uh, let's see, vocalist and bassist, uh, Kat Bakrena, uh, guitarist Dan McKeown, and drummer Nate Berge, who that name sounds familiar and I cannot place it. <laughs> oh, it does, um, though, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, but it's really badass, just like garage punk. It reminds me of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's like first album, Fever to Tell, like just that raw, okay. like killer vibe. And the song's called When It's All Over.
I also hear, um, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, and I was thinking, okay, this is a little bit of a tangent, but Karen Rose is a music journalist. Um, mm. She's she's really smart and thoughtful. I she was on the podcast talking about she wrote a book called Why Patty Smith Matters, and I made the mistake of comparing an artist to another artist, and she did not take kindly to it. And so now, whenever that happens, I, I kind of like I get a little anxious before I do it, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, mm. There's a screaming females vibe in this song. Yes, uh, that's what it is. It's, and I think it's probably more broadly what you're saying, John. That kind of like big garage, kind of like just badass, gr- kind of like gritty. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel super smoothed over. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe where it's coming from. Uh, but their mm-hmm. vocalist has just that like big. Just really, did I already say cool five times? Because it just feels like a really cool song. <laughs> it feels super cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. It does. It does. <laughs> And it's it's funny about comparisons. It's like I I do try to describe the music for what it is and like how it hits me. But then I also know that like when I'm talking to my friends about music, um, you know, as a journalist, I try to describe it, mm-hmm. you know, for what it is and how it hits mm-hmm. me. But then as as I'm talking to friends about it, how, what am I going to say to a friend? Yeah, this reminds me of the AAS. Right. Like exactly. e- easy exactly. easy reference point. And it's like I think as long as for me, and I don't know that um, how. You know, artists might feel differently, but as long as you're not projecting like some sort of direct like this band is influenced by Mm -hmm. or draw, you know, as long as you're saying like it reminds me and it's about you and not about like you you and your perception of the band versus like what you think the band is trying to do, then I I feel a little bit better about doing it. But yeah, I also think a big part of that sort of reticence comes from, you know, for example, any band with a singer who is a younger woman doing something even vaguely like in the pop realm that has punk leanings is going to be Paramore now. Like, even Mm. if it's not that close. And I think Mm. probably someone uh, like Patti Smith, I'm sure that artists, any kind of front woman who's not concerned with her image as much as her work is going to get compared to, or at least for a very long time, was getting compared to Patti Smith. So I get mm-hmm. kind of wanting to avoid that in the general, but I think it's just, it's it's really useful sometimes yeah. too. So Yeah, yeah. I know, I know that um, there's this really great Philly band who played Philly Music Fest last year um, called The Ire, mm-hmm. and they're very kind of like goth punk leaning. And... A go-to reference for me, if I'm trying to describe them to a person who's never heard them, is like early '80s Cure, um, and they're they they don't they don't react negatively to that, but they're kind of when people present them with that, you know. Um, that point of comparison they're like actually you know yeah that's fine but you know we're actually more inspired by you know these more underground bands <laughs> that the cure was probably ripping off right, right, um yeah. so which is which is cool but also like you know I, I, again i'm trying to like like you said it's useful and when i'm trying to make like a, a point of reference for somebody who may or may not know these deeper underground bands it's like you can go down the rabbit hole but if you're just trying if i'm trying to get you to listen to a thing like Freaking! It sounds like the head in the door. Boom! <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good point. Like it, it's you know the comparison thing. You know, I can see as an artist how it can get annoying, like having people compare you to someone that you may not sort of identify with. And like mm. I think it it I think as as per, the person doing the comparison, like you really have to understand who your audience is for that comparison, right? Like um, I think about Catbite, uh, another local Philly band that we all love, as, as a great mm. example is. You know, they get compared to No Doubt a lot because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, they're a ska band with no horns with a female singer. Mm-hmm. And really, I don't think 
Catbite sounds anything like No Doubt. Right. Um, mm. You know, they're mm-hmm. definitely more influenced by more like two tone, uh, you know, more traditional ska. But right. like for someone whose only reference for ska is maybe like No Doubt and the Mighty Mighty Boss tones, like that wor- <laughs> that comparison works, right? Right. But for someone who like really knows ska, like that comparison sucks. So like. Mm-hmm. It, but it's it's all about like it's kind of like you know you got to meet the person you're talking to where they're at and kind of give them a reference point they understand. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I get why, I get why an artist would find that annoying, but I also get why in some situations it might be very useful to the person that you're actually making the comparison to. So mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. you know I think intent matters a lot there, um, mm-hmm. as it does with most things. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with with comparing artists to other artists as long as it's not like, you know, done with maliciously. And if it's done thoughtfully, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a band I wasn't familiar with. Same. Um, there are a handful on your list. I love when that happens that I wasn't familiar mm. with. Um, most especially because I find out so much of my new music from you, so it makes sense oh. that I'm doing that now. <laughs> um, but they're a band that I'm really... I kept going back to this one. I listened to this track a lot um, mm-hmm. today. Nice. And uh, I'm excited to see what else they've got coming up. Because I don't think they have a ton up on their band camp either, if I remember correctly. Okay, they now. don't. They have one EP that came out last year, and I feel like this song is a more not polished because it's still very raw and still very punk. But it's just, it's a more fully realized version of what was probably more accurately like demos that mm-hmm. they released last year. Um, and yeah, like th- this this track, like as soon as I heard it, I'm like, this is my vibe. I like it. Especially like going to work in the morning and I'm like the coffee hasn't hit yet. Like this is my coffee today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. This I feel is that. musical coffee. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So that was that was when it's all over by Honey Thunder. What's up next? Uh, so this is an artist who um, they're called Air Debbie. It's a project of uh, singer songwriter multi instrumentalist Debbie Majeski. I first uh, was introduced to them uh, right ahead of COVID. Um, uh, a writer who was working with the the with XPN at the time, uh, back when we still had our local music specific site, the Key. Uh, now all the stuff that I used to do on the Key, I still do. I just do it as part of <laughs> XPN's main website. And it's in our music news section, and it's in our local like our local news site, which is great. It's yeah. it's, it's like yeah. a bigger platform for it. Um, but we had somebody who wrote an interview with this person uh, for. Uh, what was then called the key um they're based in west philadelphia um they not only write really clever indie rock with like i think really fun lyrics <laughs> um they uh in addition to their uh indie rock sort of leanings um devi uh, majeski also like right before um right before lockdown their plans in this article uh that that we ran was they were going to go to um India. They're going to travel to India because their grandparents still lived in India. So they were going to go visit their grandparents and study um, uh, uh, classical Indian music and playing sitar. And now when you see them live, you'll see Air Devi live and there'll be like a rock and roll set. But you can also see Devi Majeski do solo sets where it's her and I forget the name of her collaborator, but they'll play um, uh, uh, basically like these long meditative uh, sitar, sitar and percussion pieces. And she's just a really, really That's cool artist cool. and a great person who writes fun songs. And uh, so this song comes from her EP, um, uh, Rooting For You is the name of the EP. It came out in October and the song's called Ashrita.
with that guy Oh, he must be dead What's up with that guy Oh, him, yeah, he's dead I'm obsessed with this song. <laughs> it's just, it's so fun. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's so, uh, I think, I forget the word you used just now, but there's like such a sense of humor to it that I, every time it came up, I was just like cheesing listening to it. It's, mm-hmm. um, and I was reading a little bit about the story that behind it and about her kind of considering all of the women in music who she identifies with kind of like having her back sort of as she deals with you know whatever bullshit she's dealing with in this song mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just such a uh this is like a cheesy thing but like such a positive uh i don't know message song music all of it yeah she she's she's a very positive person a very positive force uh when you meet her when you see her at shows but then she's also got this song called landlord from one of her older records and it's basically like my landlord is a fucking asshole and <laughs> It's great. I love it. Well, and there's even in this song the line that the first one that got me, what's up with that guy? Oh, he must be dead. It's like, right. yes. <laughs> and apparently the story is like about her being ghosted by by somebody that she was talking to. And the idea of being like, oh, well, I don't know. That guy must be dead is so uh, like biting, but in such a fun way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that stuck out to me immediately uh-huh, yeah. as well. So, yeah, moving on to another song in the playlist. This is an artist who uh, my coworker Mike Vasilikos, uh, our midday host, introduced me to. Um, originally from New York, but has been living in Philly uh, for the past bunch of years. Um, his name is Jude Flannery. He's a singer-songwriter um, who did the indie rock thing in New York. And here in Philly, uh, he teamed up with a whole bunch of people um, uh, from... Uh, so, so Matt Barrick, who is, who was, um, and still is again, uh, at least this spring, the drummer uh, for the Walkman. Uh, he uh, he played um, he played drums on this, rec- this uh, on on Jude's record and recorded the album at his studio, Silent Partner Studios, um, and a whole bunch of awesome people. So Quentin Stoltzfus, who is in a bunch of Philly bands like mm-hmm. Mazarin and Light Heat and Azusa Plain, plays on it. Uh, Robbie Bennett from The War on Drugs plays on it. Uh, Kira Neuringer, who is a saxophone player who plays in the band Irreversible Entanglements <laughs> with More Mother is on it. Like, it is such a... I, I, I don't like to say all-star cast because it's really all, like, people who were working with Jude on his songwriting, and it's, like, his thing but it's just it sounds like the record just sounds so good and it's just like a solid singer songwriter record and the the song that i picked out was the opening track and the title track quiet by your side
Once in a while, my um, my commentary is really, really insightful, and this is going to be a good example of that. I think he has a really interesting voice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's 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 what I've got for for him. It wasn't. I don't know what I was expecting with this one, um, mm-hmm. but I did that thing, I guess, where maybe I judged a book by its cover a little bit because I pulled it up, and he's got this really um, thoughtful Philly artist photo um, mm-hmm. on yeah. his on his Bandcamp, and then he just has this really kind of like plaintive is one of my you put that on the bingo card for left of the dial too but plaintive voice that i think is really kind of arresting i guess um i i think both of those words are apt i think they both fit yeah totally like he kind of like i mean and again not to do the comparison thing again but like the (laughs) you know like like the whole um uh like mojave three or like josh rouse or like that whole like world of like like not indie but indie adjacent (laughs) singer songwriters from like the early to like mid 2000s like it seems like he would vibe so well along that like like the coffee shop world yeah and and i think that like sometimes that can be a little bit like blah and sometimes it can be really great and for me and for this record like when i heard it i was like oh this works for me like i really dig it yeah it does have that kind of almost um if you told me this was an album that had been released, you know, oh God, we're in 2023 now. I was going to say 10 years earlier, but probably even mm. a little earlier than that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I I would probably believe you. It's got that kind of uh, vibe to it for sure. Mm. Yeah. So the next song I picked out, um, I'm sorry if I'm make, if, if I'm like, like, I feel. All right. So this is, I mean, you know. Feel free to trim this or keep it because I wouldn't mind publicly apologizing. But I was on um, the uh, More Talk Less Rock podcast, which do you know More Talk Less Rock? It uh, was the short lived. I I guess it went to like two or three seasons, so like medium lived. Rachel Dispenza um, uh, and Lauren DeLuca from Coping Skills um, uh, had a podcast called More Talk Less Rock, and they had me on it. And uh, I had a great conversation with them and I had a lot of fun with them and I realized there was a stretch of the conversation where they asked me like kind of Andrea as you did at the beginning kind of asked me like a scene setting like you know how did you get involved in the local music scene question and I told them a much less abridged version of the story <laughs> than I told you and I just like talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and um did not uh I, I I I when I was listening back to it I was like oh my god I I <laughs> 
I'm not leaving space for these people to like talk on their podcast. And it, so I felt bad. Um, and I, I think I talked assuming that they would edit it and they didn't. <laughs> and that's okay because it was fun and I love talking about it. But also, yeah. So uh, Rachel and Lauren, I'm sorry about talking so much on More Talk, Less Rock. Uh, now, I, I have a question. I have a follow-up question, John. Um, how long ago was this that you were on this podcast? So, like, how long has this guilt been sitting with you? Um, it was during lockdown. Shows had not started yet, so okay. it was. So it's been like at least two years. It's been. It was summer 2021 because because <laughs> Rachel was about to go on tour with uh, Japanese Breakfast. They were gearing up for that run. Gotcha. Of uh, the the first leg of the Jubilee tour. Um. So yeah, it's been sitting with me for a while. <laughs> Well, I'm really glad that we could be a space for you to air that out. I hope that yeah. you sleep more soundly tonight than you have in the last two years. I, I think I think we should open up our podcast more to people to come on to apologize to other people who definitely don't listen to our podcast. I think that would be a really good uh, a really good segment. Or, or open up your podcast to like apologies to other podcasts, not really, just like very even more specific. This is the podcast you come on to apologize for the last podcast you were on. That's that's our new thing. That is brilliant. That's, it's a very niche podcast. It'll be me every week, though. I always have something to apologize for one of my podcasts. Moving on to that next song that I got on a tangent through my guilt apology thing. Um, no, this is an artist who we had on. Um, who we had on. Uh, the studio sessions, key studio sessions. His name's Mustafa Numbisi. Um, he is another Philly singer-songwriter. Um, he works with, uh, fo- um, trying to think, Will Brown, um, who plays, he's a multi-instrumentalist and producer and a solo artist as well, uh, plays uh, guitar and sometimes drums in his band. Keaton Thandy, who's a drummer in a whole bunch of other bands, uh, drummed with Mustafa when I saw him at Johnny Brenda's last week. Um, he's got like just a really cool like eclectic sound Mm -hmm. some of it has like a um some of it has kind of like this spacey psychedelic soul thing almost remind me of like a like a um michael kiwanuka sort of vibe but then he also is very influenced by the beatles and by Jimi hendrix and like this song in particular uh gold which is his most recent single i feel is definitely like a big like beatles moment kind of like like him, him, him doing that with his own songwriting, and it's cool. Like th- this version of the song, the single version is like four minutes and I think four and a half, like uh, just under five minutes. It's four fifty-five. Uh, when he did it live in the studio, he just stretched it out to like over seven, with just like this killer like solo. Um, he's great, and uh, I really enjoyed seeing him. He only has three songs out right now, and um, I'm I'm really excited to follow as he releases more. And go dressed head to toe in white. Show your paradise and a little smile. Won't you make us all believe? Satisfy our dreams.
With patience wearing thin Knocking on your door Please give us more Just a minute's all we need Then we'll finally flee the scene Say goodbye for good It's understood A waterfall The fiercest eyes A lonely sky A kiss goodbye A tease Is all We need Just play your game Let us Keep up the dance Slow down You'll lose your crown Tonight Tonight You're my Um, and I think the 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 key session is great. Um, oh, thank you. It's I mean he's really. Um, I want to. I'm going to interrupt myself. First thing about the key session that I um, I meant to ask you even before we started recording is was I noticed in the credits it's always John Vitti's cameras, John Vitti's audio engineer, and then often editor. Was were you the? Did you bring the uh, studio sessions as an idea? XPN or did that I'm just because it seems like you're the you know uh, mastermind the, I'm, <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I um, oh boy <laughs> oh. I'll, try, I'll, I'll try to tell the concise version of this tell um, whatever version you want basically there was a volunteer internet radio station that was happening here so uh, what is now why not radio um, was based here and was a volunteer internet radio station here for about three years or was it was like four years it was like 2006 to 2010 and I was one of those volunteer DJs. Uh, I helped out with my friend uh, Jake Rabbit on the local show. Um, and there was one week where I was filling in for him because um, he was in grad school at the time. And I knew that Eric Peterson from Mischief Brew was playing a like a solo set in West Philly that night. 
and I just randomly reached out to Eric and was like, hey, do you want to come record a thing for this radio station? <laughs> and Eric was like, cool, yeah, tell me what time to be there. And, I and he was like the sweetest dude. We had a conversation. He played two songs acoustic, and I played it back for Jake the next week. I was like, yeah, here's the thing that I did while you were out last week, and I was filling in. And he was like, this is cool. We should do more of them. And so this is around the time, yeah, this is like 07, 08. It was around the time that like Day Trotter was really like mm -hmm. the thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so as we did more of these, I started envisioning it as almost like a Philly Day Trotter. And um, like I, I kept wanting the station to do more with them. I wanted like I, I at that point, I wanted it to be a podcast. It never became a podcast. But what they did do was launch what was from 2010 to 2022, which is a pretty good lifespan. I guess I can't complain about that. <laughs> they, la they launched the key, and uh, a big part of the key was the studio sessions. That like when the when the site launched, they rebranded them the key studio sessions, and it was like a home for all this recording that I was doing with uh, with Philly artists. Um, and so every week I would bring somebody in. Um, at first it was audio only, kind of keeping in the day trotter vibe because mm -hmm. they were audio only. Um, but then I want to say I started doing video, uh, me and either interns or collaborators or freelancers uh, started doing videos on select sessions uh, as early as 20, I want to say 13, 20, yeah, 2013, I think we had uh, sessions with Waxahachie and with Balance and Composure that we shot video of. And then the following year, we had a modern baseball uh, <laughs> session, which was really cool. Yeah, um, and then um, as, as I did more of them, I would work video into them more. And then um, and now I do video on all of them. Um, and I think part of that was was COVID um, when I couldn't do them for two and a half years because we couldn't have access to the performance space. Mm. Um, I one, I missed doing them. And then two, um, I started collaborating with my friend, uh, my friends Paige and my friend Kay at uh, Cherry Veenzine, um, oh, cool. as well as our friend Matt, uh, who's a sound engineer. We, we did this 10, 10 video series called The Unprecedented Sessions, where we did videos out and around all these different places in Philadelphia with artists like... Uh, Grocer, who's going to be on the playlist a little bit later, with uh, uh, Kelsey Cork and the Swigs, with Aaron Fox, like all these people in like <laughs> studios and parks, and like, and so with those, I was doing like five videos per band and like two bands per like concert live stream that we would produce, and so like I got really used to just shooting and editing and. Uh, when we came back, I was just like, I'm doing all this. I'm just doing, <laughs> doing, doing video for everything. Is because it's like the best. It's the way people consume yeah. stuff yeah, now, anyway. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's how that that's the, I guess longer than I thought I was going to say, but shorter than I could have told. <laughs> version of the evolution of the key studio sessions. There we go. Well, it's I I think it's really fascinating. So I'm glad that you shared that with us. Yeah. I think I think Mustafa's session Paige was doing cameras okay. Paige Walter okay and uh, but I did the audio mix and I did the video edit so yeah so I mean you're all over all of them though it's it's a, <laughs> to some I, degree it's a lot of work I mean we know we, yeah, we, know, we know how much work it is because we we also do it and we don't also yeah. host you know how however many hours of, of radio <laughs> a week on top of it and I think you get out to more shows than we do which I think is saying something yes yeah. I think this this session in particular I I pulled up just to kind of see and just ended up watching the whole thing just mm. he's really uh the the song gold uh, that we listened to I think you you uh, queued it up for us uh, mm -hmm. I was 
loading the dishwasher today and I was like, oh, this is going on my Sunday music playlist forever. It, nice. It just... This is absolutely <laughs> Sunday music playlist energy. I w- yes. I want this song to be the next James Bond theme. Like, or not theme, hmm. but like the next, you know, like Adele got one and I feel like gold sounds like it could also be. It's that like, um, there was something you said about it that I was like, oh, that's that's what it is that's doing that. And I don't remember now, but our listeners will have heard whatever you said and just connect that back, folks. Um, totally. Whatever John said is what I'm agreeing with right now. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, definitely somebody I'm really excited to hear more from for sure. Yeah. And uh, the next the next band I had on the list, uh, I uh, again don't know too much about them aside from they released a record late last year. Uh, the band is called Those Looks, and uh, their record is called Cults Near Me, and this song is Hymnal.
They're from Lambertville, New Jersey. So just up the river and across the river. Jersey. Uh, from yes, um, and uh, this this reminds me of that period in like the late two thousands and early twenty teens, where bands were just being like unashamedly like dramatic in their music (laughs) and like like just in a a really good way like not that it's like over the top but they're not too cool to have songs with like these multi-part layered harmony choruses and like these big sweeping arrangements and but are still emotive rock songs at their core um and uh yeah i just it's really cool i'm excited to see this band live at some point i haven't seen them yet they tend to play a lot in like the new hope lambertville area so like they'll do gigs at john and peters and that sort of stuff uh but i've been telling them i actually saw them at um uh, Christina Ward uh, played a show with Mandy Valentine at Kung Fu Necktie, and I met this band there, and we were chatting. And I was like, "You got to come to Philly. I really want to see you play Philly." So hopefully they'll make it down at some point. I hope so. I um, it's I'm contractually obligated to shout out a Jersey band anytime there's a Jersey band. I was really excited to see these guys pop up. Um, there's wait, are you from New Jersey? Oh, have I not mentioned that in the I, last 30 I, seconds? I've never, did not know this yeah, about well, you. It's yep, never come up somehow. I know, somehow. I usually keep that that little fact really close to the vest, but here I am admitting <laughs> it. Um, their Instagram, just to kind of echo what you said about their sound, I think even if you didn't hear them, one of their, their first pictures um, on Instagram right now is the band in like a stairwell, and one of them is wearing this incredible, like, I don't periwinkle purple crushed velvet suit and then someone Mm. else in the band has the same pants on which is Mm. (laughs) amazing (laughs) and I read that they practice in a converted church like they have a whole vibe Mm. um and I think yeah so I don't imagine like you said that they would find um anything that you said is anything less than a compliment because they seem like they're having Mm. a lot of fun with what they're doing I read that the album title just came from they were like searching the word cult because it uh ties into the song that that we just listened to and uh mm-hmm. auto filled cults near me which is really <laughs> funny so i i love I, that yeah i love a band with a sense of humor like that i'm curious what comes up if you google cults near me well we're in philly so i'm not let's hmm should we find cults out it's near let's derail the podcast for this <laughs> just for half of one second <laughs> Top 10 best cults in Philadelphia. I'll just link to that in the show notes. Is that on Yelp? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is amazing. It's it's all it's uh, Freemasons and churches, Scientology. It's, okay. it's less exciting than you'd think. Mm. Um, Are we on there? <laughs> Left so it's the not like a, con- a concert from the band cults. No. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I wouldn't so mind funny. converting Left of the Dial into a cult this year. That should be on our vision board. Okay, sure. We gotta we gotta figure out what we're, what we're doing this year. You know. Yeah. No, I think that sounds good. We'll become a cult. So the 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 next song we're gonna go into uh, from our set is uh, artist one of the artists that I think is probably known pretty well among the Philly music community. She's definitely made a huge impact uh, in Philly since she moved up from Delaware a year ago. Suge Daniels. Um, I met Suge when she was um, when she was in the band Hoochie Coochie, a funk band from Wilmington. 
and uh, that unprecedented sessions series that the lockdown live stream series that I worked on with the uh, cherry Veen zine folks uh, they were um, a featured artist on that series and they just blew me away not, not only were they tight not only were they fun like Shug is just like a magnetic personality mm-hmm. she's so positive and such a great like just a ball of energy and I love seeing her I love hanging out with her and um when I, I guess it was around the time that she was leaving Delaware and then moving to Philly is when she started recording solo music. Um, and she was in her late 20s. She learned how to play ukulele, taught herself, and just wrote all these really great heartfelt songs that she released on the um, on on the Franklin Street EP. And um, and now she's recording new stuff. And I'm really excited to see where she goes sonically. I know she's been recording with Sam Nobles. She's been like posting on Instagram about that. But I also noticed that she's on the Screaming Females Garden Party. Yes. It's happening, which is wild. And I'm so excited for her. And then she's also going to South by Southwest. So she's like definitely kind of like upping her game this year, which I'm, I'm very thrilled for. One, two, three, four.
such a huge fan of Suge Daniels. I mm. she might be the most like repeat feature that we've had on the show. Um, mm. She has such a gorgeous voice. It's mm. uh, as often as I have talked about Suge on the show, I should have a better way of describing how I feel about her voice. But it's just it's so uh, there's just something really I think maybe you said charismatic um, mm. or maybe I just put that word in in your mouth but it's just i agree with it <laughs> perfect well great so whether you said it or not we, we both agree that and um i think we had i don't think we had i know we had when we had marissa uh from screamails on the podcast mm. a few weeks ago she brought shug when we had um katie lunar year on she brought shug i think mm. one of the times that we had doug from riverby slash the tisberries i think he may have also brought shug slash dick maroon um, shug's just another person dick who maroon. Oh, that's right, Duke Maroon. Have them play your wedding. Um, and uh, Doug Keller and Dub Subs. How dare we? Um, he's just in all the bands. He is, he's the Mikey Erg of the Philly scene, I think. And Doug, former XPN intern. Shout out, Doug. That's right. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. I think we talked. Doug, Doug and Tyler, both former XPN interns. <laughs> I love that. They're the best. They're just they're some of our favorite people in, in Philly. Um, should, uh, with this song in particular, Kintsugi, um, uh, speaking of, of festivals and stuff, Suge and Katie from Lunar Year, um, I think there was one other person who worked with them on that Sweet Juice Festival in summer of 2022 at uh, Rigby Mansion in uh, Germantown. And it was like the beautifulest day. It was great. It was an awesome lineup of, of, of folks from around Philly. And Suge played, I want to say she had like a six-piece band. Oh, cool. And like... This this song, um, she kind of has a break in the middle of the song where she kind of tells the story of like, you know, okay, this, the word is kintsugi. What does that mean anyway? And she explains it's the uh, Japanese art of fixing broken pottery with liquid gold to make a, a broken object more valuable than it once was. And that's how she feels about America. And she has this very like eloquent way of saying it. Mm -hmm. But like that particular performance, it was like the best I've ever heard her deliver it because cool. she was it was. It just like really kind of delved into like the this country is fucked up, but we're gonna make it better. And it's just like, oh, you're like inspiring. It's so easy and reasonable to feel hopeless. And then sometimes mm. somebody comes through with something like that and it's so necessary and important in the face of that. And to have somebody mm. like Suge, you know, doing that for the rest of us is really uh incredible and important, I think. Totally. Absolutely. Cool. So this next song um, is from the indie rock band Grocer.
another one of the bands that I worked with on that unprecedented session series, the Lockdown Livestream. Paige and I uh, shot video of them playing a lot in South Philly. Um, on it was like in November. It was like a unseasonably sunny day in November, <laughs> uh, and they just like ripped this badass set, and it was it was it was great. And um, the record that they put out, the the record that they had released ahead of that. Um, was one it was called Little Splash came out in <laughs> May of 2020 and that one kind of had like a Pixies ish vibe where it was like loud and noisy but it was also like very hooky and very poppy and then the kind of subsequent EPs they put out are like really cathartic one of them is really cathartic and like just like not uh, not aggressive in a bad way but definitely just like angry mm-hmm. um and then that's that was the one that was in may of 2021 called delete if not allowed and then the one from last year numbers game is very it's funny it's called numbers game and it's very like mathy and complex <laughs> and like you know uh like okay you can definitely tell these these folks all studied music in like at some school level because i cannot play <laughs> this with like my 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 rudimentary knowledge of like basic chords and stuff, right. so like they're so like like that was almost like their like their look at our skill, like look how look how awesome we are at our instruments flex, and like uh, their new record is going to be called Scatterplot, and it feels like it's based on this one song. It seems like it's going to be an amalgam of all of those things because it's like heavy, but it's also catchy, um, and it's also. Um, fun and it's called downtown side is a song that i picked out and um and something to no- something to note with this song um i believe if i'm let me actually check the credits on this they were a four piece and then their lead guitarist emily daly uh left the band uh between uh, in in the in the in between the two eps uh, so I think, uh, yeah, this this song "Downtown Side" features uh, lead guitar from Emily, um, who's also in the band Scream Cloud, um, oh, and the rest that's of the. Right. the rest, I was trying to remember like why mm, I've heard of this band. Now I remember why. Yeah. Right, and then the the rest of the record uh, they recorded as a three piece, which is um, uh, Cody Nelson on drums and vocals, Danielle Lavier on bass and vocals, and Nick Ron on guitar and vocals. They all sing at some point or scream, <laughs> and uh, it seems like it's going to be like really raw. But it's cool that like Emily featured on the lead single, and they posted a really nice thing on Instagram about how you know they love they they love Emily and they loved working with her, and she was foundational to the band. And like it seems like it was a good like parting of ways oh, i love that uh, at least yeah. at least at least based on like how it was presented on instagram so i'm i'm I, i'm hopeful that like they're all still like good with one another because they were like the swedish crew people like when you would see them around at shows like they go they would go to shows as a band which i love it's very sweet yeah I <laughs> and think, they probably will still yeah and i it, it's not every end not every ending has to be uh was acrimonious that's the word that popped mm. i think that's right mm. yeah that, that's bad right yeah like, yeah, that's bad. Acrim- <laughs> acrimony, bad. Yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, they don't all have to be acrimonious, and it's nice when you can see. I don't know. I just I'm I'm always impressed when this is such a tangent, but when a band mm. like doesn't try to run something into the ground. Like if if Emily was done, mm. and for yeah. whatever reason, I'm not even going to speculate why. Um, like you said, it sounds mm. like it was positive, so I think that's that's great and good for them. Um, mm. They're. Grocer, because I say that word that way, is um, mm. uh, I hadn't really pinned down the fact that they all do sing, but I kept thinking mm. like none of these songs like nothing feels very samey 
with these songs. Mm. Like they're all they all feel very unique, but not in like an uh, like un- ununified, disunified way. And I wonder if that's what I'm I'm kind of uh, plugging into. Maybe is that mm. having all of those those vocalists kind of sharing the duty. It's very um, just an interesting way to to approach. I think making music it's cool. Yeah, and and they. Um... In addition, in addition to like them all kind of bringing their own voices literally uh, to the to the band, um, I know that uh, is it. It's not Cody. Oh my God! It's Nick, who the guitarist makes his own guitars. So like some of the guitars you'll see them play do not look like traditional guitars. <laughs> That's cool. They're, yeah. they're like very like boxy and and just like almost like a rawer punk version of like those weird like 80s synthy guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, so like that's something that he brings to the band that kind of I think influences the sound a little bit. Um, Cody's drumming is just like wild and technical, mm-hmm. but also like a, like very upbeat too. Like he doesn't get lost in it in like super proficiency stuff. He can like still move the sh- song forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like the, they all they all kind of like bring that energy, which I think is awesome. Their own energy. Um, yeah. Next to last song in this list. Um, so uh, AJ is an artist that I met through my co-DJ and uh, co-writer here at XPN, uh, Abdur Rahman. He is a, a nights and weekends host on the station. He's been with the station for a while as a writer uh, and an intern before that. Uh, but he's really knowledgeable about like the... Um, the hip hop and soul scene and the R and B scene in Philly, and um, he introduced me to this guitarist named AJ. Uh, just goes by the na- just goes by his first name AJ Ay, um, and he did an interview for the uh, uh, for the website with AJ like years ago, based on a SoundCloud project he had out. And I was like, oh, this is like I listened to the record. I read the interview when I was editing it. I was like, oh, this is cool. I like it. And then I kind of didn't reconnect with it until later when I saw AJ playing in the band Omar's Hat, which was like a, they, 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 um, were like a backing band for a lot of like, like jazz jams and open mics and that sort of thing. And he was part of that collective. Um, I was like, Oh, cool. Sick guitarist plays with a lot of (laughs) like, you know, open mic sort of situations. So that was my association with him. And then last November, uh, Rockman and I went to Underground Arts to see the band The Sacred Souls, and AJ opened, and I was just like, I didn't know what to expect. I was just totally blown away. Like I knew to expect like guitarist <laughs> shredding, <laughs> I, but, but like he does this like really nuanced like soul. Like um, reminds me of like again, uh, sorry for the comparisons. Like reminds <laughs> me of like old like mid seventies like Hall and Oates, like that whole yes, like yes, yes. And and it's just like very beautiful and gentle and melodic and uh, it, it, like I don't want to say minimal because there is a lot going on, but it's like very tastefully arranged. Mm-hmm. Like there's not stuff for stuff's sake. It's like everything's there for a purpose. Um, and this song is called "I Never Slept in the Summer Shade," which I think is a very poetic and beautiful song title. And uh, and I like the song a lot too.
I'm so sorry if I've made you paranoid about comparing oh, artists no. to other artists. You've <laughs> no, just it's been, okay. It's okay. You were able to unburden yourself of one guilt, and now I've put a new anxiety on you. I didn't. I didn't mean it. So now I, you're going to have to go on another podcast <laughs> to, to apologize for that, on, for what you did on this podcast, and the cycle just continues. Yeah, you can't apologize right. on our podcast about something that happened on our podcast because I think legally that's double jeopardy. And that, so, sounds, oh that sounds I'll, right. Yeah. All right, so Dan Drago, if you're listening, you got to have me back on 25 o'clock so I can apologize. Dan, I know you are listening. Uh, you better be listening. <laughs> this is another, it's like going to end up on my Sunday music playlist. There's something really just lovely and um, I taste tasteful, t- tastefully arranged is like, I'm going to pocket that because sometimes I'll be like, it's like mm-hmm. that thing where it's not that there's like my go-to, I'm always like, it's 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 not spare but it's it's not overloaded it's not and mm-hmm. i just think it's a tasteful arrangement that's the <laughs> for a sure. good tasteful arrangement yeah that's what aj's doing very cool 
And then uh, the last song. Oh, my God. We're at the last song. Yeah. Before uh, we jump into oh, it, though. Okay. Uh, There's a quiz. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, we do have one song let's talk about. Um, but before that, um, you know, it's it's the time of the podcast where we'll link, obviously, to um, to to all your stuff and all of the artist featured stuff. But is you want to. But is you want to. But do you want to let folks know where they can hear you and find you and, and all of that good stuff? Uh, best way is, to find me um, is xpn.org is where you'll see a lot of my writing, a lot of my video sessions and concert photography and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm at John Vettese on the socials, so J-O-H-N-V-E-T-T-E-S-E. Uh, my Instagram is, uh, I probably use that the most, um, but I'm also on Twitter and uh um, WXPN Local has its own Facebook pages as well. So, um, yeah, those are the best places to find me and keep up with what I'm doing. And I'm on XPN on the radio, which is 88.5 FM in Philly, <laughs> um, every Tuesday night, 8 to 10 p.m., doing the XPN Local show. It's and the then once a month, thank you. <laughs> and then um, once a month on uh, Fridays, the second Friday of the month, for a 90s music show called What's the Frequency? And if you're listening somewhere not in Philly, like, say, Alaska, um, <laughs> you can... Uh, do you know somebody in Alaska? Out of curiosity, I don't, or is it just like the I most do. far-flung state? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, if, you, if you are listening to Alaska, or wherever you may be, Hawaii, oh. um, uh, Texas. We, we have some European um, listeners, I think. I haven't oh, looked awesome. in a long time, but but yeah, I think you're yeah. probably we did at one point, so hopefully they're still listening. Um, at xpn.org, there's a, a play button at the top of the page, and you can stream the station from there too. So adjust for your time zone and <laughs> hit play. Perfect. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, we're at Left of the Dial FM on Instagram and Left of the Dial PC on Twitter. Everything you need to know is in the ad break. Um, so if you skipped it, don't do that. Um, we have a ton of stuff coming up. I want to take a quick second um, and shout out a few of our new patrons. We've been trying to amp up um, what we're giving folks over on Patreon. Um, and so in the last uh, week or so, we, we've got a few folks I want to shout out. Gannon Young, Jen Mahoney, Michael Klugerman, and Andrew Yeager Buckley, who all joined super recently. We're so happy to have y'all with us. And uh, hey, Kitsy, yeah. I just want to point out that Andrew is a listener from New Jersey's The World who found us that way. Ooh. Uh, he's been really just wonderfully supportive of both of our projects, so I just want to give him an extra little shout out there because uh, Andrew's the best. Well, thank you, Andrew. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate all of you, of course. Yes. But but Andrew the most. And we appreciate Andrew the, the slightly more than everyone else, yeah. but only slightly. Uh, we're working really hard though to make the Patreon a cool space to hang out. Uh, we're sharing episodes early, live sessions early. We got so many videos coming out this year, and they're all going to hit Patreon it's early. Really, it's it's honestly absurd how much really cool content we've got coming up yeah. um i also i sent people a bunch of stickers we got a bunch of stuff planned if you want a picture of pacey let me know i'll send you a picture of pacey um that's i think that's everything on our end yeah so yeah so we've got one more song why don't you let us know what's up so the last song on my playlist is uh from the artist just mad nice uh which is the project of singer songwriter alex Farr. um i met them when they sent me a EP they put out in 2020 called Small, and it's very like uh, that record is very chill and basically just acoustic guitar, Alex's voice, 
um, very very folk and minimal. And actually, I would use the word minimal on that project. <laughs> um, but subsequent uh, releases, uh, Alex has kind of got more and more stuff going on with their music. And when they recorded at WXPN, it was like a seven-piece band. It was very psychedelic and swirling, and uh, there was, like, horns. There was uh, cello. Uh, Alyssa Almeida, the cellist who plays in the Lunar Year, played um, on that session. And it was just, like, this 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 propulsive dream. And it was also, like, very poetic, uh, Alex's lyrics. Um, and then... Um, this song is the first new song they've released since that session dropped, and they released it as part of the um, Philadelphia Eagles game day playlist, which is a thing that Chill Moody's doing, okay. where um, uh, he got a bunch of Philly artists to contribute uh, original songs, and they he like he partnered with the Eagles, and they play the songs at the link at Philly home games. So um, so if you go on Just Mad Nice's Instagram, which is Just Mad Nice, there's a video of them and their mom at a Phillies home or at an Eagles home game, not Phillies, at a Philadelphia Eagles home game. Did I say Eagle Phillies? What was I saying? Anyways. Um, hmm? I think you said. Do I need. I think you Eagles? got it right until, yeah, until you started to like myself until, out. But I think you were. Until I started second guessing myself. Okay. <laughs> she must right. give us a clean take of Eagles so Andrew can jump <laughs> it in anywhere it might not be. Eagles. Sure. sure. Eagles. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. Perfect. Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, cool. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, but there's a video. There, there's a video. If you go on Just Mad Nice's Instagram, which is just at Just Mad Nice, you see a video of them and their mom at a Philadelphia Eagles home game in January. Uh, it was a sold out game, and they were listening to this song that we're about to hear, like Aww. playing on the speakers, and it's so sweet. Um, and this song just bangs. It's it's it, it it reminds me of Fiona Apple. Damn it, another conversion. But it does. It really it really does. Um, and it's called Shadow. And Alex is great, and I I I can't wait to hear more from them.
This is the first time in this episode, though not the first time on this show, where something has made me cry. I'm an easy crier, so True. it's not mm-hmm. saying a whole lot, but I that's such a beautiful image. It is. Um, I love that. Wow. Uh, Just Mad Nice also played uh, Sweet Juice Fest. So this is the second Mm. time that Just Mad Nice has been featured as well. I I could have said this about every single artist on this list, no matter how long they've been making music, how much is out. It's just they're all artists who are doing really cool, unique things that I feel Mm. like um, I'm just very excited to see what comes next from everybody on this list. You've brought us just such a great cross section of of local music and i started this episode asking what makes philly so specific and unique in in its own way unique in its own way so specific Mm. and unique um as opposed to unique in someone else's way and uh you've done such a good job with these songs of showing us exactly what that is so thank you yeah thank you Uh, thank you so much happy to to do it happy to do it (laughs) we it really has been so lovely talking to you i feel like i would happily keep you here talking about music for another five hours but um, well, clearly, we're going to have to do another episode. <laughs> we have to let you go sometime, though. I, I, I would, I would love to be back. So anytime, uh, anytime. And thank you for having me. It was, it was great. It was great to finally like hang and talk to music. Kitsy, I met you briefly at uh, Exponential when you were, uh, when you you were doing sound for Bartiz, right? Yeah, I was doing sound for Bartiz. So I had like a million fires to put out that day. <laughs> it was very chaotic yeah. and hectic, as I'm sure it was for you as well. Um, yeah, but it was it was my favorite set of the weekend ultimately. So amazing work from the, for you, the whole team is awesome. Oh, thank you, thank uh, and you. And hopefully it was a good experience on your side too. I, I will say um, that was the best and most smoothly organized festival I've ever worked. Uh, ah, I did I did a few festivals with parties, <laughs> and that was the least stressful out of all of them. Um, mm. And everyone was great to work with. Everyone, the whole crew were fantastic. It was. Uh, it's a very good experience for me, at least, and I'm I'm pretty sure Bartiz and the band had a great experience as well. So, uh, yeah. And Kitsy said that to me off mic that day, so that's not just because that's not just you're me. here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, that's real. <laughs> but no, really, this has been so fun. Uh, John Matisse, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Andrew, and nice meeting you, Andrew. Yeah, it's yeah. so good to finally meet you. I think this is you. our first time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, other than email, which I don't think really counts. No. We've exchanged a couple of those, oh. but you know, yeah, yeah. This has been Left of the Dial. I've been your host, Andrea. Kissy's been my co-host. Our guest has been John Vitisse. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. And if I don't see you in a long, long while, I try to find you left of the dial.